Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, hosted today by only one Ed, Gina, Mike, and myself, Steve. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Hey, everybody. Good to see you all. Okay. Who am I getting the echo from? Yeah, I was just wondering the same thing. I don't know. Was it me? Uh, Could have been me. I, I mean, I'm on our uh, Liberty Block page. So I, I always have to mute it when we go live. So. Okay, Gina, since you were not with us on Sunday when we did a very special show on the Supreme Court decisions, mm -hmm. and since you come from a particular angle, we would love to hear your opinion on the Roe v. Wade thing. Were you surprised? Okay. What does it mean? What's going to happen? It's so a I, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was very excited and I was anticipating a move of God for this. Um, so I was beyond elated. Um, I was surprised there was not more destruction um, from the left. I really thought there was going to be more rioting and upheaval. Um, I'm also surprised. Well, I shouldn't say surprised. I'm disappointed um, how much lying is coming from the left now. Um, saying that we're stripping all these rights, women's health care is just, it's going downhill, all this crap's happening. Um, but for the decision itself to come back to the States, I am ecstatic. So now it is time to get on our North Carolina people here, um, legislature to strengthen up the laws here a little bit. What are the laws there? So the laws ready? here right now, I want to say are 24, it's either 22 or 24 weeks. So viability. Is how they quote it. It's so it's perfect. written as viability? I believe so. I'd have to go back through it again, but I'm pretty sure that it sets it as a standard of viability. And it's either 22 weeks or 24 weeks. Very interesting. And what are you looking to do? What is the goal? I would like it to go bye-bye 100%. Obviously, you know, like one of the things that has been put out there over and over and over. Oh, well, what about poor Becky or Cindy if she has an atopic pregnancy? So like... First off, there is nothing in any of this that has anything that will prosecute a mother if she goes to the hospital and she has a procedure done. Um, so I'd, I'd like it completely gone. There is, I've, I know I've talked to Ed Maslish quite a bit about this, but being a woman that had an abortion when I was a teenager, knowing what the mother goes through afterwards is just excruciating. And I wouldn't want that on anybody. Um, being somebody that founded a maternal health organization, um, where the women's lives actually were in danger. Um, I mean, thousands of women we had in the organization I founded. Um, so all of these women that have fought, like, and I fought with them to get them proper medical care and to save their babies after all of these doctors were like, hey, you should abort, you should abort. Same thing with my daughter. Um, they're, they're all sitting here, how'd you take Becky's choices away from her? I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys are nuts. And I unfriended a whole bunch of them. Anyway. I forget where I was going because I'm so still ecstatic about this. I was just talking about it a little while ago. Help me reroute me to where I was. Well, you Somebody, were talking about some of our conversations, I think. Some of our conversation. Yes, I'm so sorry. So I think it should be abolished 100%. Um, I don't agree with it as a way of terminating a life. I think every life, whether it is a child that is born with a congenital heart defect, whether they are born with autism, whether they are born with no legs, no hands, to me, that is still a child that is a gift from God. Um, that's how I look at that. I don't think any life should be discarded only because they might be harder to take care so, of, might be a financial burden. 
let's start asking the tough questions. And it's hard okay. for me to ask these questions. Okay. Okay. Let's say a state like, well, Missouri already has banned it. Let's say North Carolina bans it. Who gets punished if a doctor in North Carolina gives an abortion? The doctor. And do you believe abortion is murder? Oh, 100%. So the, the, mother, the, the mother who kills the child isn't punished? No, the mother, there is nothing in any law that I am aware of that- Right, but why are you opposed to that? Why, why am I opposed you? to the law? Yeah, why wouldn't you insist that the mother be as punished as the doctor? I didn't say that you didn't ask me if I think the mother should be punished. I just said there's nothing. I just asked you that. I thought he just asked me if there was a law that was going to punish the mother. No, I said said in a a hypothetical situation, North Carolina bans abortion and a doctor in North Carolina performs that abortion who is punished. And you said the doctor. I thought you you were asking by law who's punished. I think this is me. This is as a born again Christian that knows better, that thinks of it as murder. I do think if a woman electively just goes and decides to kill a child because it's not her body, but kills the child, that there should be repercussions from that. I do believe that. And what are they? But what repercussions? Should you be, should the mother be you should be, yes. for murder? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? If okay. I walked up to you right now and killed your kid, what would you say? Well, I mean, it's, it's at no, least it's you're, you're being consistent on it. I right? mean, it's, but, it's but, no, you know, like I, I'm bringing jokes out. I'm bringing this up because these are questions that are going to have to be asked. Yeah, no, you know I, what I mean. And, and honestly, let's let's be real. It, for those of us on the right, those of us who are pro-life, having Roe v. Wade shielded us from having to deal with these questions, and they're really hard questions. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, you know what I mean. And there's and there's got to be just like the way that there is, you know, manslaughter one, two, three, there's different guidelines and criteria. Um, you know, I think there is something to look at when a woman is pregnant, for example, if it is an atopic pregnancy, for example, and that baby is not in the uterine tube that is going to kill the mother and they are not going to seek an abortion. They're in an actual medical facility with maternal fetal specialists, with OBs, like in a hospital, that is something that I would look at differently because it's not like, they're like, Oh, you know what? I spread my legs last night and um, I don't want this responsibility. Gina, if your position is a fertilized egg is a person, then there shouldn't be it shouldn't be any exceptions. You're making an exception there. I'm not, I may, if I'm dying, I personally would have gone through with the pregnancy. So I was told I had a one in seven chance of surviving the pregnancy. I had grim to none, nothing. My daughter was going to be, and I've told you, Ed, she was going to be spina bifida. She was going to have trisomy 18. She had brain cysts, everything else. Mom was going to die, which I did die. I died six times in three flipping days, completely dead, brain dead, everything dead. Okay. I put my life on the line for my child because that is what we as parents are meant to do. Mm -hmm. Now, if a woman is scared, so then I would have to say, is every mother going to step in child in front of their child and take a bullet? Are they going to give up their life? So are you saying to be consistent, it should be illegal, even if it really threatens the life of the mother? No, that's not what I, that's why I just said, just like there are different levels of manslaughter there are levels i don't think if a woman is literally about to die like about to die it is in the fallopian tube and it is going to burst 
I don't think that woman okay. should be because that will kill. Why her. is that? But, why is that life that's in that that's in the? Because that life, that life will finish. never evolve. That life will said, never evolve. It's well, not in that, the uterus. So, no, 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 no. So that's a totally different story. You, let me. I'll ask my question and then I'll get back to that one. Okay, because I'm talking about a topic pregnancy. That that life is still innocent. Okay, it may be harming the mother. But it's still innocent. It didn't that, do anything intentionally. That, it's not trying to harm the mother. You're, you're correct. talking about innocent life. That's innocent right. life. You're, you are correct. But what I'm saying, that life will not, that life cannot continue to grow. It will itself abort itself. It will, a, fallo, a pregnancy right, in the well, fallopian tube and, cannot and you know progress. And the justification for, in the, the Mississippi law in Dobbs had three exceptions, rape, incest, and extreme fetal uh, deformities. Mm -hmm. And extreme fetal deformities seems to me to fit right in with what you're saying. No. Well, deformities is not the same as non-viable. But it depends on- Okay, in in Jewish law, and and abortion is very complicated in Jewish law, but the one clear case where everybody's gonna say they're pro-abortion and probably mandate it is when it actually threatens the mother's life because it's even if it's not, um, sentient, it's not doing it on purpose. But if somebody threatens your life, even if they're not doing it, quote, on purpose, even if they're part of an inanimate object, if a plane is falling out of the sky onto your house, you're allowed to shoot it down because it's threatening your life. So that's where Jewish law stands. And that's where that difference is. Okay. But innocent life is innocent life. I mean, to me, that if that's your position, if your position is innocent life must be protected. So innocent life must well, be protected, except for your life comes first. That, that's where right. and, th- and this is where that sounds like the the pro-abortion argument. If you say life, not at all, because there's a difference there, like two percent of abortions or medical terminations that happen across the U.S. are from an actual atopic pregnancy. There are also a lot of times that those doctors are 100 percent wrong. But when that is in that tube, Ed. It does not have nutrients. It cannot grow. It is not getting a food supply. It is not getting a nutrient supply. There is nothing that can, because it's not in the uterus. Okay. That placenta attaches to the uterine wall. It has nothing to do. It can't. Gina, you're making it's a, a fertilized egg. It's a fertilized egg. Yeah. You're making it a little more complicated, Gina, because you're saying Sorry. it's implanted. It's not. Well, it's, it's not going to grow. That's the thing. That pregnancy will never, ever, ever be able to complete or come to fruition that is just a death sentence as opposed to mary or sarah that got raped and it's a viable pregnancy that will continue in that child or a child with down syndrome so as i told you as i've told you and i i'm not afraid to talk about it publicly i uh i went through a situation where a doctor uh diagnosed my wife with um she was pregnant and the doctor said the child had no had no arms no legs and no chance to survive and we went and got a second opinion second doctor said the same thing and we chose to abort and i still i stand by that decision forever and i not only stand by that decision but i think that anybody who would have said that we needed that we needed to carry that pregnancy to term is is pro death not pro life Asking us to plan for a funeral rather than a birth is not. Oh, a if you're life so, thing. if you're if your son right now, so if your son right now was in an accident and he both lost both of his arms, both of his legs, is he right, any see, different? This is, this is ridiculous. But, it, but he's to not. Me. 
it's the same my the situation I just described that I lived through and that you think I should have carried we should have carried a term is no different to me than your ectopic pregnancy. If the if the if we're given a, a good faith medical diagnosis that there's no chance of survival, then there's no chance of survival. I mean, the fact whether it's getting nutrients or not, it's not it's not a life. It's not going to survive. And, and just to, to be clear here, when you say no chance of survival, you mean it will be born dead or you mean it can live for six weeks? We were told it, it will either be born dead or it'll be dead within an hour of birth. Okay, so that to me is very different than like trisomies where you could live for six weeks. I mean, the, the only flip side of that is there are many uh, parents who have been told that their child would die. Mm -hmm. I know somebody whose son has hydrocephalus and they were told you should abort and that child would not live. And that child is now a teenager, I believe. Well, right, Mike, so, that's, that's why I'm just saying medical diagnosis. If you have a good okay. faith medical diagnosis, I mean, we, uh, nobody is perfect. We, we just do the best that we can. Right. See, interestingly enough, Ed, because um, I did a lot of study in Jewish law on abortion, and I was slightly surprised that there was more flexibility in it than I would have expected in those cases, like the ones you're mentioning, even according to some authorities, quite late in pregnancies. And that surprised me. So even when it's not a threat to the mother's health, if it's literally not going to live, if it's incredibly sick. I thought in Jewish law, until quickening, it was totally the mother's choice. It's generally understood that until 40 days, it's not considered anything. It's, quote, water, um, so I guess, you know, like clump of cells. So that's a very different question. But after that, it's harder to get a real rabbi to say you could abort unless it really is a threat to the mother's health. We get stuck on the mental health issue. And I get upset when people say it's a threat to the mother's health, but it's seven months, we'll take it out and give it to somebody. It's viable. So threat, that, threat that to the mother's health can mean anything. You know that. Well, nowadays it means absolutely anything and it's yeah. totally misused. But so I'm just, I'm asking to Gina, who you say all of it should be outlined except for if it's a threat to the mother's health. I think if it is an actual, sorry, the dog was chewing on something. If it's an actual threat, because even if that child is born for one minute or. No, no, those you are two different up, or, criteria. You're well, saying threat and non-viable. No, if it's, if it's a, not, the only pregnancies in my mind that I can think of that are non-viable and a threat to the mother would be one in the same. Right, but you're saying it has to be both in order for you to allow an abortion. Yes. Okay. Because like, just like Ed had to, so I told you, I dealt with thousands of women. I dealt with some of the top specialists in the States. And these are the OBs, the maternal fetal specialists that are doing surgeries on these baby, just everything. Okay. So I've dealt with these women and I have dealt with them going from specialist to specialist to specialist saying, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I have seen where 75 to 80% of those cases were not what the doctor said, and their children are thriving. Now, that doesn't mean that some kids have not been born with health defects or MS or different things. There are things that happen, but the majority of the time, those doctors were wrong. I don't want to get into the issue. No, no, no. Wait, no, no. No, no. Steve, stop. How in the world, how in the world can you stay, make a statement in the majority of cases, those doctors were wrong. And in you the group, in, in the group, I just said in my group of women, there were thousands. I had a placental disorder, and mm -hmm. it is the top killer of women is hemorrhage in pregnancy. 
Uh-huh. That's why I told you I had 35 gallon blood transfusion. That's right. why I bled out, right? Okay, okay, so I dealt with these women on a personal basis and the doctors daily. Okay, okay but do, do you deal with any you, of the women who aborted their children? I'm telling you from the polls that were taken and the research that was taken within the women in the group, the first thing that they were told was not the same at the end when they but had you got a skewed sample. You've only got the ones that chose to, to deliver. Had she stipulating a skewed sample. And I have a question for you. Has your opinion on this changed since COVID when we realized that 99% of doctors do not know what they're talking about and lie anyway? And that we just found out, there's the big story in Gateway Pundit, but it's sort of in line with Robert Kennedy, that the doctors don't even get any correct research information on anything anyway. So I don't think trust for doctors should be even half of what it was two years ago. Yes, they do lie all the time. And when they have... They have an agenda pro-abortion. They lie even more. Yeah. And all of our women, Ed, that I'm talking about, they did not all choose to continue to go through with their with their pregnancies. They did not. Well, how do you know whether have, those aborted fetuses were going to be deformed? Or, you know, we're going to have uh, problems or not. I can just tell you. So say I took a sample of 4000 people and 4000 huh. women responded with uh-huh. their doctors initially telling them. A, you will not survive the pregnancy, or B, this child will not survive and this will happen. That was not the outcome. We had a lot of women that listened to the doctors and they, because when you have different placental disorders, they're normally not just one. So like atopic pregnancies usually come with like placenta previa, or they come with more hibidally adherent placenta, which is placenta accreta, increta, or percreta. There's different things. Okay. So there are a lot of women that went through and I don't know what. Okay, the... but let me just be clear. When okay. you say, when you make a statement that the majority of the doctor's of... diagnoses were wrong. In our group. Must... But it... in order for that to be, a... statistics are like a bikini, okay? okay. What mm-hmm. they reveal is interesting, but what they conceal is essential. Okay. Okay, so. I like if, that. If, <laughs> if, these, if these women, if you're dealing with a sample of women and you don't include the ones that aborted, then you don't know how many of those aborted fetuses were the doctor where the doctors were correct. No, but you can say if I have a thousand people and that doctor says this is what's going to happen out of that thousand and then 750 out of that thousand said the doctor's diagnosis was wrong. So we still got a window open for 250. But you're not. But the thousand is self-selected for people that chose to carry the the pregnancy to term right i'm just talking about the diagnosis of those thousand people i'm talking about but that thousand is only a subset there may be ten thousand that got diagnosed and abortions okay let me say it let me say it a different way then let me say it a different way forget the fetus this is the mother's life mom you are going to die there's a thousand of you all a thousand have been told you are going to die if you continue with this Mm. pregnancy 750 out of that thousand no, no, can but, say, hold on, hold on, can 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 answer in a survey. Well, the other 250, whatever. I only get so many responses. Okay. But, but they can always, all say mm-hmm. just that they've survived it. Okay. They were told that they were going to die, but they are here today. 
Okay, but all I'm getting still, at. in order for it to, in order to, for the sample to be reflective of, of the whether the doctors are accurate or not, you've got to include all ten the ones that died. Well, and I know a whole bunch that died. We have memorials for them well, every I year. It. I know. Okay, so I it could be. In, we were in there. We had a lot of mothers that didn't survive. But Ed, if the you're talking about validity of statistics, then do you admit that doctors and medical statistics are no more valid than Gina's? They're just as skewed. There's a statistic out there that 80 to 90% of all medical research is crap. And that's I, I would disagree that it's no more valid, but I would agree that it's suspect and it, and it shouldn't be taken at face value. Right. So now I want to make a really interesting point here in, in one second, because Gina, I'm hearing you say in order to be okay with abortion, it's got to be non-viable and threatening. I'm hearing Ed say it's got to be non-viable, whether it's threatening. I haven't said one way or the other what I think about that. That's what I thought I heard you say. The point I really want to make is we are four, at least three of us are highly intelligent, and we're on the same side of the aisle, and we could scream at each other now for an hour. How in the world does a city, state, or country solve an issue? Right, and that's why why I brought this up at the outset, and I'm struggling with it because I'm pro-life. This is incredibly difficult. You're killing a baby. Let me me address that, Steve. Sorry, wait. Ultimately, the question is, how are we all going to live in harmony with each other? Right, and let me address both of you. Abortion is what I would call a borderline case. We're dealing with, there's no... Both sides can claim they know when life begins or when personhood begins. In my opinion, this is a borderline case. Both sides have good arguments at certain points, stronger for one side on, at, at certain times, stronger for the other at other times. But it's a borderline case. And when you have a borderline case, you cannot force everybody to live by one rule because by definition, you're, you're forcing everybody to follow. You're forcing a, a 50-50 question to, to have one answer. And that's just not going to fly ever. It's never, we're never going to well, be able to live in peace. That's actually the well, definition it, of democracy. I guess it can fly if you have 50 state laboratories and you can cross the border into another state and, and get your I got to tell you, there really is no answer you know, for that because 51% will always be forcing their opinions. So I had this argument with Laser the other day when he blew through town. And I said, if you're living next door to your neighbor, and they take their wife outside and they whip her to death. And the democracy says, you're not allowed to intervene. Is that okay? And that's no different than abortion. If democracy says you have to stand idly by while a fetus is being aborted, that's no difference whatsoever. And there is no answer to that. Well, the answer is to, to localize the decision-making as much as possible and, and allow people as many choices as they can. And up to murder. There, up to murder. There's no, there's really no one answer. That's you're right. There's no, there is no answer. Solution that everybody is going to agree with. There isn't one. Right. And so, the sad part much- is that we are forced to, and there is no solution. I am forced to look away at what may be murder. And by the way, I study euthanasia, tons in Jewish law, and mm-hmm. we are forced to look away away at murder on that end of life. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we can't control the behavior of somebody else. And that's a really difficult thing to live with. Why? We have to sit idly by and watch 60 million babies slaughtered. If that's what we believe. That's a tough thing. And democracy decides, and I'll go to Churchill, it stinks, except for there's no other way. 
again, the, the answer comes back to a cultural one, like with so much of our politics is we need a culture of life and we need to persuade people I agree. But there are other options. Mike, Mike, my point is if the four of us vehemently disagree and we're we agree on most things, you're never going to come to any consensus whatsoever. I I, I mean, honestly, this is hard for me to say. I'm I'm admitting my own hypocrisy, if you you will, in a a sense, like I'm pro-life. I think it's wrong. I think you're killing a baby. But then I, I also realize that if that's going to be the approach that we take as a society, you're you're gonna be putting mothers in jail i i just i i do have a hard time with that that's the consistency of the thought if you like a lot of people they think abortion is murder the consistent conclusion is if you're killing that innocent life then you, now, you by should the be way you should be and again, i don't want to spend the whole show on abortion but when obama okay. said he had no problem with a baby that's already born being left to die you'll get a lot more support for putting that doctor in jail, which you won't get across the board support. Right? Again, like, and that's actual infanticide that they're okay with. The next law that they were just recently trying to pass in California, and I can't remember what other uh, one of the states on the East Coast, and it was up to 28 days that they would not punish the mother. Um, after she had the baby. So the mom could leave the baby there to just die, not have to feed her, nothing. And yeah, and nothing happens. Now the really tough political question is, since we started with what are we going to do in the various states, is do we say, let's get what's possible to get, which is either 15 weeks or 24 weeks? Mm -hmm. Or do we say, then in that case, we'd be signing on to sanctioning what we think is murder and better not to fight for that at all? Well, you're... If there's a state that isn't already like Missouri has a bandit or like New Jersey is already like you're going to have abortion till, uh, up until birth, basically, you're going to have to fight those fights. And just like we talk about with some of our political fights, you, you take with victories you can get. No, but this is right? different because if I take the victory I can get and I'm involved in the fight and I sign on to a compromise, mm-hmm. I'm literally signing my name to murder is OK. It's very different. The most political fights. Yes, wow. Alu. Thanks. Go ahead, Alu. I, I think that, like, like we've been discussing for the past few days, it's very hard to live, being forced to live next door to someone where you know they're killing a baby, which you believe is a human life. Like, like I think m- most of us here generally believe, especially at, at nine months. Um, but there's no solution because the other side will feel. And again, I have a lot of friends. Around sixty percent of libertarians and anarchists here in New Hampshire are totally pro-choice. They believe that if you if you prohibit this, it's like just like prohibiting a person from breathing or blinking or drinking water or smoking cannabis or riding in a motorcycle. You cannot do it, and it is life-altering, and, and the world will end if you end it. So either we, we make half the people feel like we're, we're taking away the most fundamental liberty, or we make the other half of the people um, force, force them to live next door to people who are, are killing human beings. Both are horrible, horrible things. The, then there's no solution. The only somewhat tiny, tenable solution that makes it a bit better is if we are technically living in different countries. So once New Hampshire is a separate country and we are either pro-life or pro-choice and Massachusetts is pro-choice and um, Florida is pro-life, at least we can say, you know what? There are horrible things being done. We can pray. I'm sure Gina prays for it. I'm more agnostic. That's fine. You can pray about it. But let's be honest here. And I think I mentioned this um, a few months ago. 
China, the CCP is doing horrible things to the weaker Muslims and, and other people. And Cuba and North Korea is doing terrible things. Russia is doing horrible things. There are bad things in Ukraine and Israel and all over. And, you know, but but it affects me a little bit less. Yes, it's bad, but it doesn't make me cry every, all night, every night instead of sleeping because it's so far away in a different country. So once we secede and obviously legally, we won't be forcing each other, trying to force our views via the law, via men with guns down their throats. So, again, there's no perfect solution. But I think the best solution, which is only a tiny bit, but is the best solution, is total um, independence for each state. And again, people talk about federalism. Yeah, I'm but sorry, the, but federalism the states, still decades the states ago. Are gonna be, the states are going to be the best solution now to make that decision. Why? No, can I? What's that, Mike? The states are going to have that choice now. I don't understand what I was why, saying. Why, why isn't the best solution to teach people to stop being busybodies and stop trying to tell other people how to live and to embrace the federalism solution that the Supreme Court just gave us? First of all, okay, Alu, as I told you when the decision first came out, I believe this is going to tear up New Hampshire's politics. Yes, I know that. I know that. The libertarians vehemently disagree on this issue, vehemently. And that's a big problem. And it's different than every other issue because you're being forced to watch somebody murder somebody. And if you you believe believe in federalism, then you believe in federalism. And that's I do, but the federal government doesn't. Congress is going to pass a law tomorrow forcing every single state to allow abortion up until birth and, and prohibiting any, any restrictions well, on abortion. Let, me, let, me, well, let me try and simplify it. Let's suppose some state wants to legalize murder, period. Not abortion, murder. Okay? Is that a federal question? Do we need to get the federal government involved to guarantee that all 50 states prohibit murder? I would say no, but the 14th Amendment crap would say yes, you know that. Right. Well, well, but I'm saying if we're going to fight for federalism, if we're going to say that the liberty battle is can, can be won best through federalism and through local control, then we can't ask for centralized federal solutions, even when they're the better solution. I agree. No, we're saying not that asking the federal government. There's no federalism anymore. I've written so many books about it. It's we're not asking the federal, federal government, government to abortion. Well, no, but Steve, the implication of I can't let my neighbor commit murder I mean, what, what difference does it make if your neighbor is is next door or, you know, in Bayside, Queens or in New Jersey or North Carolina? I mean, we're all neighbors. We're all in the same country. It's a very big problem. And what You can't complain to me that you live in the border of a state. So move. I'm sorry. That, I don't think that's a very valid complaint that you live on the border of New York and New Jersey. So you're going to complain to me that people in New Jersey do other stuff. I don't think that's a very strong complaint. I just think that people are going to do things that you disapprove of all the time. And we have to. No, but I'm only arguing. This, saying this don't one's a little bit. I think everybody would agree that there are certain circumstances in which you have to be a busybody. Where we draw the line is the problem. But everybody. But why is it that the yeah. only thing that you guys are looking at is the life of the fetus? I mean, there's a mother who has a life, too. And I'm not coming out and saying that. No, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about so never an area of an eight-month fetus, and that I, I'm not arguing not for late-term abortion. I'm just saying it's not a danger because you could take it out and give it to somebody. I, I'm not disagreeing right. with that. I'm just saying, you know, you're talking about what you can't stand, you can't live with. How can you live with controlling a mother? I mean, if you're going to be consistent, 
I mean, are you going to regulate? I could, I could stand because there and control them off. Because we've another life. Because if, another if, life I, see, if I see my neighbor, if I see my neighbor smoking crack, and not taking care of her kid or like my stupid sister-in-law, I hope she sees this, that wants to sit there driving on the highway with her three-month-old while she's <laughs> making videos sitting on her lap and not in a car seat. Yeah, you're endangering that child that you are there to flip and protect. You're a piece of crap. So you know what? Yeah, okay. I will way, stand Ed, against that mother. Ed, I'm so sorry. No. If I see logic. my neighbor put their hands on their kids in a way that is not just so correcting them or disciplining, woman, you better believe. You better ahead, believe. Steve. Yeah, I want to take your, your thing slightly further, because one of the things I want to discuss is, you know, Gina started out by saying she's surprised there's so little violent reaction, if I can paraphrase what she said. There are many stories out there of violent reactions. I don't know how many more are happening that we may not be hearing about. But if we're worried about it endangering the life of the mother, then we should be violently opposed to the pro-lifers. So, again... What? If we're really worried that this is going to endanger the lives of prospective mothers, whether through back alley abortions or through being forced to risk their health carrying a pregnancy, then we should be fighting along with the pro-choicers and we well, should be bombing. I wasn't even, I mean, that's, that's you're, you're making a good point, but I wasn't even thinking of that. I mean, I was thinking, you know, can a, can a pregnant mother have, uh, you know, ha, you know, have a big gulp? You know, have have a, a thirty-two ounce Coke. Yeah, where do you draw the line? I gotta tell you, well, in New York, nobody can. And I agree with you. I'm just my point here is there really is no answer. If I it's see a, a pregnant woman you... drinking a beer, should I kill her? <laughs> well, forget oh. about killer, but the exact. I no, mean, I you're gonna, you're, are you going to report her to the authorities? Yeah, this is see, a good one because I'm not a busybody, and if I would see and this is lady snorting, see, and I'm a busybody. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm a busybody. I don't, I don't fucking care. I will stand up and go against the the wrong. I, I don't care. But the thing that is not also brought up, which sickens me, do you know how much a mother's health from the time of an abortion is? How bad it is? Oh my gosh, the scar tissue that you are left with, your chance for future hemorrhage in a pregnancy, your chance for a topic pregnancy has just increased for your next one, putting your own life at risk, the chance of hemorrhage for that, so like, why is that none good? of that's that stuff is brought and, out. And mental if they're saying it's for those, if, if, if it's for the business. health of the mother, but that's what I'm saying. If they're sitting here in a stance is it's for the health of the mother and abortion destroys your flipping uterus. It destroys all of that. It thins out the lining, causing tons of issues in the long run. Hmm. And if that mother gets pregnant again, and again, and again, those abortions can flip and kill her because now that next baby has implanted at that scar tissue where those atopic pregnancies are. Yeah. So they just force themselves into a, a, a life or death situation because they were protecting Listen, their health. I, Gina, that's I, not I a perfect argument because we can't use violence to stop people from doing bad things. If I eat a cheeseburger, you shouldn't use violence against me to stop it. So that's not great. But, and I want to go to you said about busybodies. I agree with you that people shouldn't be busybodies, but we'd all agree, almost everyone, that there's a certain line where you should. If you see someone beating their, right. their kid to death, we're cool. going to stop them. Now, again, or, here's or the thing. I think there's a difference uh, between a beer and, and crack on the one hand and a big gulp on the other. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm okay with intervening. I'm not well, sure where I put the beer and the crack on that line. Where do you put the line? It's a really tough line. Well, it I depends on it. if it's an O'Doul's or maybe, or if it's like a stout, you know? If it's yeah, and by the way, this is so I many voluntarists like Ian Freeman are 100% peaceful. And even if there is violence, even if the government's using violence, they are very reluctant to use 
force and self-defense because we know that it's a black hole. Because if we're we're okay using force against evil, like people killing each other, then we're going to start you know full violence and and everyone kills each other. So that we have to be very reluctant to use force. You know, For instance, you know I think you asked me a few of you asked me privately in conversations the last few weeks. I I am essentially as pro-life as pretty much anyone besides maybe Gina. And I would say it's wrong to kill a baby, even if they're not born yet, especially if they're fully formed in a heartbeat and everything. But would I use violence to kill someone? And when I, when I treat it like murder, probably not, to be honest, because I'm very reluctant to use violence. Whereas if someone killed their three-year-old toddler, I would use violence to protect well, them. Well, again, this if someone was killing their, their fetus, I probably would not use as much violence. This goes to back to them. the question that was po- I posed earlier. What is, what's the punishment for the mother yep. from society? Where- if, they're, if the state has banned it, and you also- get an abortion in that state, what is the punishment? And also, and then, Elliot, uh, Alu, you, you just sort of made my case that this is a borderline case. I agree. Right? I, I agree. Mean, it's very borderline. I think that when there's a borderline case, it's imperative that we find ways for people to have different beliefs and, and mm-hmm. still be able to live according to those well, beliefs. You know, we're putting, we're asking tough questions of those of us that are pro-life and on the right, but the left has some tough questions too, if you will. You know, they're, they're obviously already starting to go too far. In some of these states, well, and, and that's probably doing. the reason a lot of people were writing why they lost this. So, and, and I know, I know how they're going to act. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if pretty soon New Jersey puts this as a constitutional amendment on the ballot because they've done that with a lot of other things that they don't do, and they're going to take every opportunity to ri- to ram this down our throats. I mean, if there's a state like think of one that's recently switched from red to blue over the years, like Virginia, they're going to take over and they're going to. I could see them jamming through a constitutional amendment if they can, and you're never going to have a say about it again if the people approve it. They're going to look for every way to impose okay. their views so on us. I'm, I'm a little bit more disturbed by how many judges and states have already said, we don't really care what the Supreme Court said, we're going to block Yes, Texas. Yeah. Well, Texas. Yeah. No, no. I, I read those articles. Not one of those articles mentioned what the state constitutional provision was. But if there's a state constitutional provision... That it, that guarantees a right to abortion, then those are the right decisions. You just don't know. No, the Supreme Court is the supreme law of the land. Yeah, that's what everyone says. But that's not what the. I mean, that's no. Not what I, the I can't settle. It was settled in the Constitution. I'm just because part of my argument today is going to be that both on that decision and the other decision, and I'm channeling Ed Maslish if he doesn't mind. They really don't give a damn. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. And with guns, we're seeing it yeah. all over the place. They really could not care less. They will just rewrite their laws and make us go back to court yeah. for 10 full years and a multi-millions of dollars. They're going to do-, do the same thing with abortion one way or the other. They don't right. really care if they're in a red state that outlaws abortion. They will find a way around it, whether it's this federal lands ridiculousness <laughs> that they want to try. And, and the military is basically saying we don't care about state laws. That's their stance as of yesterday. Right. That's what I'm saying. We know what the MO of the left is, and they're going to use any, any tactic possible to do an end run. Now, I, you do That's have to ask, for those of us who think at the very best it should be, you know, safe, legal, and rare, um, why this is a sacrament to, to go out there and celebrate abortions and shout abortions, that to me is a little hard to understand without going into Satan. I, I don't get it. I don't think it's Satan. I think and I think that's sort of the un, the unreported story on the left. I guess Tucker Carlson's starting to talk about it, but it's that the left is just truly a culture of death. Yes, and they are death worshiping. And to me, the the manner in which they support abortion 
is exactly akin to the manner in which they support the poverty that persists in the inner slums, the inner cities that they control, they've controlled for 75 years. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question because you're way more intelligent than I am, at least in this area. Is a death culture the same as nihilism? I don't know about the same, but they're extremely similar. Yeah. Okay. So I can, I'm not using the word too wrongly you if know I say that. I, I don't. I don't think we're necessarily in a death culture. I think we are in a culture that has no reverence for life itself. I mean, look at once. No, but once, they wouldn't be. We're talking about the left. Abortions. We're literally no, celebrating a, abortions. That's a death culture. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I'm just saying this. Also, so think of when cell phones and everybody had a camera. Okay. All of a sudden, instead of uh, somebody's getting jumped, somebody's getting beat to death, there's a stabbing happening. There was nobody stepping up to stop it. What was the first thing people started doing 20 years ago? They pulled out their phone. They're taking pictures because they're trying to make a, a, a dime or have a viral video or whatever it may be. Society has gone farther and farther away from having any yeah. concern about life. I, I mean, the yes, Kitty Genovese case was in 1964 before there were cell phones. Mm-hmm. And the Kitty Genovese no, I'm case just saying as a thing. culture, like, because even people that may be pro-life, think of how many young, dumb idiots, instead of breaking up a fight or at school or any anywhere, okay? Because they might say, hey, that's wrong. But instead of stepping in to do the right thing or stepping in front of a bullet or taking down the bad guy, whatever it may be, they stand there and watch. And now those well, stupid things become a now, now, now we're veering into a larger cultural discussion because there's a lot of reasons why adults or teachers won't get involved. Right, for repercussions. I'm talking about if we're at... I'm talking about we're at a 7-Eleven and there's a 75-year-old man that is getting jumped by four 20- and 30-year-old men. How many people pull out their phone and record versus either calling the cops in 911 or jumping in because mm-hmm. I may get my butt whooped, but you know what? I'm going to grab whatever I can and start beating the crap out of those four dudes that are hurting the old man that's on the ground Terrians because it's the right pistol. thing to do Simple. until you're in huh? that situation. Terrians <laughs> just pull out their pistol. I've seen it happen. Okay. I have a, another question that's related to this, but since we're the conservatarian exchange and we're supposed to oh fight libertarians right. against conservatives, Texas is allotting $100 or $200 million to these programs to make it easier for women who can't have abortion. I heard Jack Posobiec say, that's what we need to be doing. The libertarian in me is revolted by that. What did he say, Steve? I'm sorry. So Texas is allotting either $100 or $200 million to these programs. I, I threw the story in the show notes to help because what's happening is the left is saying, well, you don't want them to have an abortion, but you're not going to help them raise their kids and you're just going to leave them out there to starve to death. So Texas is going to allot 100 or $200 million to this. And Posobiec is like, yeah, that's what we need to be doing, even though we're not in favor so, of big government, but we need to be doing it. And is I'm that like, money, why is, is that, the government's problem? What is the money designated for? Because right, is it for birth control? For is it for diapers? Oh, no, you know, it's, I guess for diapers and for food and for it's to help the mothers that we're forcing not to have abortions to be able so it's, to it's Medicaid. It's a, so they're welfare. putting more money towards it's, it's Medicaid. It's Medicaid, yeah. more than Medicaid. And I was, I don't well, know if he spoke that well. I generally agree with him because he's quite conservative. And I was surprised and disappointed there. Well, we need to be doing this. And I'm thinking, why? 
Why is that our wow. problem? Do you have an article no for that? I'd love forced. to read Very few people are forced to get pregnant. I agree with you. Very few. And like they say, there is one surefire way not to. Was that on mm. Twitter, Steve? I stuck the article. So you're opposed, Steve, to providing diapers and other care for women who have children or who have babies? No, I think it's a wonderful thing that we should do it. I'm opposed to stealing it from somebody else to provide. Thank you. Right. Welfare. Welfare. I think, listen, I'm totally. I think we're all against the welfare. Oops, wrong thing I just uh, We believe in charity, right? I believe in charity 100%. I just don't think I have a right to reach into Mike's deep pockets to uh, give charity. You know, I think, so I think it's, not, the, it's not charity. At yes, but is, the that state, the first, is that the first thing that you want to go after? No, I'm not talking about should they do it or not even as much. I was saddened that Pesobic is saying, yeah, we need to do that. And I is that just because we don't want the left attacking us? Or do we really think it's okay to steal money from Paul to give to Peter. No, I'm a, I'm a disciple of you know Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams, and if it's theft, it's theft. And you know what? If you get pregnant, and if you get somebody pregnant, we're responsible. Now, maybe do we want to go back to the shotgun days? I don't know, but there is something to be said. If you get someone pregnant, you're responsible for it. I think well, the only thing yeah. the government should be stepping up to do as far as all of this is changing laws to make it a lot, take that money that's going to these private abortions. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. That's where the government needs to step up because there are a, like I, if I had space, cause I can't foster cause I don't have an extra bedroom. I know me and my husband don't agree on that, but I would take 50 million kids if I could. Um, but we're not allowed to raise them in the manner that we choose. So like I was telling him, you know, if, the kid identifies as, I don't know, a flipping giraffe, then I have to take him to the zoo every week to go to his giraffe doctor. You know, they've made it so hard for people that want to adopt and that will provide for these children when these mothers can't. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Or you go to an abortion clinic and you stand outside with a sign that says, hey, I'll, I'll take your kid, like just here, private adoption. And these people get arrested. I mean, it's that's where the state needs to act is from legislation to make it to make adoption viable, to make fostering something that more people can do, because there's a lot of us that want to. It's a little bit hypocritical when they yell at the right. Yeah, sure. You're going to force them to carry the term, but you won't help the baby while you're standing there screaming. We would love to help the baby. Let us adopt the baby. They're saying, no, but you can't adopt the baby because you're a Christian. Yes, that is quite hypocritical. And by the way, they don't want you to adopt the baby for the same reason they don't want Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court. Because we'll raise them the right way. Well, you'll raise them right. And you're a conservative who's actually not a horrible person and they can't afford right. to happen. Well, you know, they sit there and they say all that crap. But like, you know how many of us, either our churches give to the organizations, me, myself personally, you know, or even Ed, our, our GOP, our local, we gave a tithe back to our local pregnancy center. We just gave them $1,100 on... October of last year, November, whatever it was, you know, but I volunteered there. I was their bilingual it's no translator. The conservatives give language. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they sit here and they say that we don't like. That's no secret. I don't. Liberals give what? What did Bill Clinton give to an underwear or something? Uh. <laughs> I don't even want to go down that route. Mike, um, should we calm everybody down or should we talk about in vitro? <laughs> Uh, look, that. That, that, that Reason Foundation article was really 
um, thought provoking and challenging. And um, yeah, is our I, line life potential life? And when does it become potential life? I know because a Jewish, yeah, I mean, church, I follow this issue of frozen embryos and destroying the ones that aren't used and who owns them. And there's a lot of lawsuits over who owns them. Um, in Israel, it's very common to do this. Even if you're going to war, you freeze your sperm. These are really, really difficult questions. Yeah. I uh, would listen. ignore them totally. Although, would I be consistent in ignoring them totally? I'm not sure. And, and, you know, I'm Catholic and the Catholic Church is obviously very consistent on when life begins at conception. Except for Nancy. Okay, but they're against in vitro. Life begins at conception even in a petri dish. Is that their stance? Pretty much. Okay, unless you're speaking. I mean, I, I can look it up. In, in which case it's a different rule. So, Stephen, I had an idea that and I told Ed Maslish about this. But so we have uterine transplants, we have all kinds of crazy crap, and we can transfer embryos nonstop. And so these girls, for example, that go in that have been a product of rape or a product of incest, they can transfer that embryo into a woman that doesn't have eggs, and it can be viable in another woman's uterus, and they can carry a baby themselves. And then that rape victim, they don't have to deal with that pregnancy, but yet the baby's not dying, that other mother's happy because now she has a kid. There's so much, so, so much. It's a great idea. How are you able to get here a fertilized egg from the a pipette. rape victim? Huh? A pipette. A pipette. A pipette. That's the a, science. That can be done today? Well, they take embryos out. They transplant it. You take an embryo out. You put it in. Why can't you try to take one out of I that the one. embryos were created in the petri dish. I didn't think the embryos. They are, but how do they get into the woman? They have to go into a surrogate. Um, can they take them out? We know they can put them in. Can they take them out? And by right. the way, so, they can't. Theoretically, they can in five years, and that would be really interesting if they're saying. Don't I'm going to pass that legislation one day. I'm going to put that out. If if you could do what you said, Gina, if if a rape victim has a fertilized egg and and it could be moved from her into a person who wants it. What you're really saying is that viability has moved all the way to the point of conception. Mm -hmm. And if and when that happens, I think that there's no real argument for keeping abortion legal. I mean, if, if viability also, is pushed all the way back to conception, right, then there's no debate. We got feedback, huh. unless you're both. Like they say, ethics never catches up to technology. So just real quick, uh, quick Google search. Catholic Church believes that in vitro fertilization is never acceptable acceptable because it removes conception from the marital act and because it treats a baby as a product to be manipulated violating the child's integrity as a human being with an immortal soul from the moment of conception now so, which is that all of the catholic church is that the roman catholic what i is, mean again i just did a quick from? that's a quick oh, search i have no reason to gotcha. believe that's that's wrong it, okay, re reference, you're, you're it references something called I'm not good at Latin. Donum Vitae, 1987. Right. <laughs> because they have a different issue, even without viability, they have an issue of separating procreation from sex. Right. So a whole different issue. Right. But, but if it does say, if you look in the footnote, that it's okay if you're Speaker of the House. <laughs> because I mean, we talk Listen, about I mean, the show came one. You know, I've said this many times. Is the Pope Catholic used to be a joke? But the Pope giving communion to the Speaker of the House with what she's doing, how does that not infuriate Catholics? Look, I think that the church is within its rights to excommunicate people for 
publicly, you know, obviously being for abortion. Right. And when they don't, what does that say to if, if you were trying to raise your kid as a committed Catholic? How do you explain that to him? And I'm only saying this because I see this stuff happen yeah. in this world. You can't. How do you explain it yeah. to the divorced to, to the divorced woman that still can't partake in the communion because the church frowns? How do you explain that to her? I mean, you can't. It's oh, it's crazy. Now you know why we're not supposed to talk about politics and religion. Well, we're here to talk about <laughs> and religion. Well, I mean, listen, we were talking about how the left is a culture of death. I mean, it's interesting because. The only time they seem to ever really care about life is when there's a mass shooting in the school. And arguably, of course, then they're really, no, against, they're, they're against yes. life there too, because they're against life then either. Yeah, right? because they're against they care about guns. I, know, I know, but they don't care about anything else. They don't care about the kids, the kids being shot and killed in Chicago. They, they don't care about the 50 plus migrants who. It, right. Found, and that's where, dead, did you see dead, Biden dead, with wait, that? Let me finish. They, they don't care about the, the, the 50 plus migrants who were just found dead in a truck because we don't have border control. Forget about gun control, border control. So they're a culture of death there too. They don't care about kids who are part of those caravans who are being raped and killed as they're coming here, right? So it's really, it's really, really pretty fascinating, but they are indeed a culture of death. Yeah, well, I was just going to touch on that when you said the migrants, you know, because Joe Biden, I, I love the tweet that uh, Governor Abbott had put out just calling him out because this is his fault. He has left our borders open. There's a reason that so many are coming over. And I don't know how that truck itself with that mm -hmm. many in there got past a checkpoint or if they were already in a stash house in the country and got in there to load north or what happened but um the fact that he that biden responded in oh you know don't use this as a political thing don't you <laughs> jack but you were just up in new york because it fits your thing what a, god the guy's a piece of crap they didn't care about kids being abused over COVID mandates and mask mandates. To his chair at that dinner. What was that? It's the latest video of Biden not knowing where he is. He's no, at this fancy that. dinner in Europe and everybody's milling around. He's standing by his chair and he has no idea what to do. And Man, I got to find that. It is, it's all over the place. It's so pitiful. It's so sad. Um, I want to move to guns, um, which was the other big issue. Um, lots and lots of stories. There's the story that California is leaking the names and addresses of all the gun owners in the state. Did you guys see that one? No, it's hard to keep up. That's a bad. That's pretty bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, of course, not supposed to be registries. God forbid if there is a federal registry, although supposedly there is a federal registry. I think we've mentioned that before. The ATF automatically inherits the records of any gun store that closes. So there actually is a registry of people who have purchased guns. And then what may be the scariest story, and I don't know if it happened before last week or if we mentioned it before, is what they're doing to those two lawyers who fought the uh, Supreme Court case. And Ed, we'll let you comment on that because you're the lawyer. I mean, they're firing two lawyers that won a big case for them. And this is the, this is, this, rides up on the issue that we've we've been debating and wrestling with from the beginning dealing with big tech you know are we dealing with a private company are we not dealing with a private company yeah they probably have the right in this case they probably have the right to do what they're doing and we have the right to to criticize them and condemn them and and condemn most of the bar i mean the most the bar is mostly leftist and they support leftist causes um these lawyers did a great thing they did a, they fought a a civil rights battle and 
you know, whether you like it or not, I mean, as lawyers, we're taught we're supposed to we're supposed to represent even unpopular causes. And that's what these guys did. And they fought and they won and they should be celebrated. But they're not. And, you know, that's that's a terrible thing. Uh, but as a lawyer myself who has distanced himself from some of these firms, um, I think that those lawyers would do better to to separate themselves and to view it as an opportunity and not as a punishment. So, Ed, I mean, can yeah. you explain a little bit about how the Bar Association plays a role in all this? Because they're obviously leftist, too. <laughs> it's another part of the culture they own, right? So, I yeah, don't know, but I mean, the Bar Association is more just like a, it's not even a chamber of commerce. I mean, it's really just like a social gathering. Um, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll submit amicus briefs to the court. Um, Aren't I correct that they have to, they're the ones who credential the schools? Um, the bar, the American Bar Association. I'm not sure who credentials the school. I believe you can barely go to a law school if it's not um, somehow. Right. It's got to be accredited. I just don't know who the accrediting agency and, is. And can you practice law if you don't, admit, if you're not admitted to the bar? whatever that means exactly. Can you practice law and not belong to the ABA? I've, I don't belong to the ABA. I practice law and I'm licensed. You just have to be licensed. Um, mo almost all lawyers have to have graduated from, an, from a, an accredited law school. The only exception that I'm aware of is foreign lawyers that come in and take the bar and then get a, an LLM, a master's in laws. Because um, my understanding is they have a chokehold pretty much on the profession. And even more than the AMA, because the AMA, I think, has more competition than it's, the ABA. Well, I was going to say it's worse because they don't need, they don't need a chokehold. I mean, they, they do have one. They force us with continuing legal education to sit through this, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity nonsense for, for CLE. They require us to represent poor people and, and really leftist causes and pro bono work. Um, but they don't have the same stranglehold on us that say the, uh, the, the AMA has over doctors or doctors licensing boards have over them. But what's worse is that it, it's sort of like American journalism, right? There's no licensing board for American journalism, but they voluntarily side with the tyranny. And that's really what lawyers, most lawyers do and most law firms do. And that's what mm -hmm. this law firm is doing. It's no national law schools are accredited by the American Bar Association. Okay, thank you. I didn't know that. Or, or if I, I did, it was a really scary thing. I think there may be one or two that aren't. And then I'm not sure what has to happen um, to become a lawyer. But they do have a stranglehold on the profession. And I guess the big question is, are they going to crush all conservatives or will conservatives somehow survive as a breed? Um, their goal is to crush us, but can you crush somebody's thought? I mean, if you basically you say to every law firm, you will not accept as an intern or as a junior associate, anybody who has ever attended a FedSoc meeting or dated a FedSoc girl, then they're going to there is no entry point into the profession and they're not far. I know off. what you're saying. My, my, my knee jerk reaction is that they wouldn't be able to, to pass that rule. And if they did, I don't, that would be so blatantly uh, 
uh, viewpoint based that I don't think it would sustain a court challenge if if someone like me challenged it. But but who's sitting on the bench? <laughs> ABA members, and and that's the that's the horrible problem. Um, I mean, we've seen this motion. What did they try to do last year to keep the Fed sock away from um, recommending uh, judicial nominees? Remember that whole big thing? They well, Trump, Bush 43 and then Trump substituted Federal Society for the ABA for judicial recommendations. Right. And there was some kind, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a court case, but there was a big push to like totally disqualify them because they're giving us half decent judges. I'm just saying the only recourse, so I come out of law school, I'm $100,000 in debt and I can't get a job. Now I've got, a, in order for me to sue, I need a lawyer, but they've already told all the lawyers thou shalt not touch any such case. Just like Navarro has trouble getting a lawyer. And um, who did they just get the other day? What, Clark, who needs a lawyer? Eastman, who they just stole his phone and all of his stuff now needs a lawyer. It's very prohibitive to sue. You're talking tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're just going to get pay It's not much. just the money, though. I mean, you're talking about, you're raising the people you just named have all the money they need. The real issue is they can't find lawyers to represent them. That's what I'm saying. So what is this poor law school student, you know, coming out of law school going to do? He's not going to find a lawyer. And I don't know how that's, how are they not going to be totally crushed? This thing with Eastman, I mean, are people up in arms? Like he says, when they take your phone, they're not taking your phone. They're taking every piece of information you have in your life. Ed, you take on some, you've been involved with some of these um, mandate cases for COVID yep. and stuff like that. So do you ever worry about backlash? Um, I don't worry about it, but I'm aware of the possibility. Right. I mean, I channel my, my Gina when it comes to that. <laughs> I mean, I would assume that anybody who wants to help Josh Yoder is not welcome in certain firms. And it's just that simple. If you, or if you, if you talk to Robert Malone or to Jay, whatever his last name is, you know, you testified in New Hampshire, I would assume that makes you a lot less worthwhile. For me, I, I just view that as, as sort of a variant of the old expression of the trash taking itself out. I don't really want to be associated with, with those firms. And, and I've been associated with a lot of firms and a lot of lawyers that were leftist and some that were just outright communist. Um, and I am happy to not be working with them. I mean, obviously, I'd like to make money and I'd like to make more money. But and, and you know, I'm certainly not a, a wealthy lawyer like they were, but I have my sanity. I mean, I have, you know, other issues, but I'd rather have financial issues than have yes. issues sleeping at night. Let me tell you, Ed, I got the phone call. So I have gotten my reinstate to come back to work over these mandates and all this crap. So like, I think it was a month and a half ago now, I got like the reinstatement letter. And then every few years you have to redo a background check. They just redid all my background check and all that. And yesterday I got the phone call that I'm terminated and they're coming to get my equipment and all that. But gosh, how flipping happy. Cause yeah, I don't want nothing to do with them anyway. Like I don't, your sanity is and what you stand for is so much more than the financial. Like that means nothing in the end at all. But it does mean if you're trying to get into a field and the only way to win the battle is to make more conservative lawyers. And all of this just makes it that much more difficult. Right. Hold all the way through your career. 
you're going to be crushed if you do this. It's just, and I don't know how you be. I mean, to me, you know, without revealing too much of where I am, you know, myself, if I have to, if I have to take a job working at Walmart just to pay the bills, I'll work at Walmart. Right. I but mean, that's just a lawyer. But now and, they've taken another conservative lawyer out of the fray. But, no, but I'm, what I'm saying is I can still just pick and choose the cases I want to work on. And until and they threaten you like they huh? did to Rudy, until they take away your license like they triangle or did to Rudy. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, at, at some point they're going to put us in concentration camps and gas us too. If we don't, you know, if we don't reverse things. So, yes, we have to fight. Yes, we have to be aware of what's going on. No, I can't. We can't just be like the Jews in Germany and and close our eyes and and hope that things get better. They're not getting better. And it's only going to get better if we continue to fight. And that's why I'm not, you know, Mike, you asked me, am I am I worried about taking these cases? And the answer is no. I'm, I'm more worried that it's harder for me to get them signed up and to get on these cases in the first place. I mean. You know, there's, you know, I right now I'm in the process of negotiating and, you know, different people are, you know, who's going to lead the case and who's going to have supervisory opinions. And, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of jockeying that's going on and, you know, it slows down the, the cases. And, you know, to me, I just want to get on board and I want to fight because, you know, I'm not one of these guys, you know, like laser that's ready to start, you know, hanging ropes off of lampposts. For so, me, I'm going to fight the battle in the courtroom. And so how did you guys feel? So they were trying to cancel uh, Clarence Thomas and have him. So the students had all signed the petition um, to have him fired from George Washington University. And I don't think it's the first time, is it? Probably not. But well, when you mentioned Clarence Thomas, you've, you've really struck a nerve with me because to me, other than George Washington, I'm not sure there's a better American that's ever lived. Right. Well, but you did. You saw that the university put out a statement and said, we will not get rid of him. And the statement showed that they, at least in this case, are very valuing differing ideas. And uh, I think that was pretty great. It was interesting your wording that we even call it different ideas. That that is not interesting. That's just what I was taking from their statement that they had put out. When you step back a minute and you realize mm-hmm. that he's a Supreme Court justice for decades, right. possibly the brightest of them all, and he's different ideas. And they try literally anybody who doesn't conform to their thing is a different idea. Right. Well, that in itself is horrifying. They tried to take Kavanaugh's job from teaching, right? Right. Well, we know why they didn't want him, and it's precisely because of this, you know? I, with Clarence, how, how Clarence in, Thomas, I think it was more than just the abortion issue. I think it's. Oh, I'm I not saying it was just the abortion issue. I'm just that we have an intelligent, incredible well, Supreme Court justice. justice. Did you hear that? Uh, conservative. And Hillary Clinton called him an angry black man. Mm. Did you hear her? She had a she had quite a tweet yesterday that I if saw. If anybody I else would have said that, oh my gosh. Yes. What's huh? funny is, I mean, I, I'm certainly not friends with Clarence Thomas, although he's definitely on the top five, if not the number one person in the world that I'd want to meet and become friends with. But from what I've read about him, he is the happiest go lucky person in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's not angry about anything and anyone. I mean, he he knows what they did to him and he's aware of it. But that's uh, not what Hillary said about him. Right. Well, I just. It's mm. just such a 
ridiculous lie. I mean, they lie so about truthful. everybody. Come but... on. They lie about everything. <laughs> yep, they do. hundred percent. She went to law school with him and she, give Hil- me. Hillary had quite the quote uh, or tweet on the uh, J6 um, committee. She said, we cannot let those who attacked our Capitol on January 6th and those who urged them on to get away with impunity. That's what happens in dictatorships and authoritarian regimes. And <laughs> I'm constantly reminded of your axiom that their accusations are admissions. Yep. <laughs> 100%. And I well, get that, you know, that, the last story on the guns, which goes back to this whole lawyer thing and everything else is California is openly looking to use ideology when deciding if you get a gun permit. I don't think that would hold hold past muster. Um, it would be unfortunate that it would take probably two or three years for courts to strike it down. Um, but that said, I, having read the the New York rifle and pistol case, um, I think that states like California, New York, and New Jersey are going to change their concealed carry laws and take the discretion away from the licensing official and just make it really hard for everyone to get a gun permit. And I think that's probably going to pass muster unless, I mean, the Supreme Court might come back with the equivalent of, of, of the Casey standard of undue burden and apply it to gun rights. I mean, if they just say, the I mean, for instance, only uses that for abortion, doesn't it? What? Doesn't the constitution say that only applies to abortion? Well, I think that I, I think that the states are going to try and come up with, you know, maybe you have to post a bond. Maybe you have to buy insurance. Um, I don't you know, there are going to be other things that are they're going to come up with ways to try and ban it by proxy rather than ban it outright. And, you know, right. You know, the what the the case last week decided was the just cause standard was was no was no was not valid. And what the just cause standard was, is that it was that you had to show special reason or maybe with special. You had, you had to justify it. You had to justify, right. you had to justify why you want it. You, you had to explain <laughs> to the licensor why you deserve to get it. And the licensor had discretion to say, you've met the burden, you haven't met the burden. Well, I have to and, make a confession. The reason I host this show is exactly for that reason. What's that? You have discretion? Prove that you're under specific threats. And I'm going to say, well, I host a conservatarian exchange. Oh, famous. They're coming for me. You need a gun. Yeah. Just wait till we all get doxxed. I just think that they're going (laughs) to, that the the way around that decision is to just put in an objective test that's really hard to pass and takes away the license, the discretion of the licensor. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to give in and give licenses. That's for sure. one way, yeah, and, and I shared with you guys that article about Murphy trying to make more places gun-free zones. <laughs> you know I mean? So this is what I expect. They're going to double, triple down on their insanity and make it harder and harder to exercise our rights. I'm curious, when was the first gun-free zone law ever written and what did it apply to? I'm not sure. I don't know either. Because I'm sure when it started, it was very reasonable and very limited. I don't know. I mean, you know, you watch old Westerns and, you know, when strangers came to town, they made them take their guns off, didn't they? 
It depends which show. I don't think they did in Gunsmoke. I, I don't know if that was just if that was just part of the movies or, you know, part of the TV shows or if that was the way it was. But it seems to me that that would have been a reasonable thing for, you know, if you were living out on the frontier and some stranger came into town and the sheriff and his deputy said, all right, you know, we want your guns until you until you leave. I don't know. I, mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was if that was kosher. violation of the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment didn't apply to the states back then. Oh, I'm not even going to that. And some of those weren't states, they were territories. I don't even know what they were. Right. Way back in the movies days. Mm-hmm. 1990 was the first gun-free zone. What? Are you serious? That was the first federal one. First federal, sorry. Okay, and even that is interesting. And what was it? Schools. Well, yeah, was, schools. Elementary schools. Primarily. School, and then, and to non-private property within a thousand feet of them. Right. Hmm. And the Lopez case in 1995 struck it down, but they keep reenacting it. Hmm. Yeah, right here. Struck down the original law that amended so prosecution would only occur for crimes involving guns linked to either interstate or foreign yeah. commerce. So we've had a 32-year 30, experiment. How's it worked out? Well, you don't so, know how many Did it solve the problem? So I got a question before we wrap up, because we've been talking about the stream. Supreme Court and some of the decisions they've been making. So today they did not um, release opinions on the Remain in Mexico policy, nor the affirmative action case. What are your guys' opinions on what they are going to rule on those? I don't know about the affirmative action case. I thought that the two cases still remaining were the Remain in Mexico case and the uh, West Virginia case involving the Clean Power Act. The EPA... They've got yeah. that and they still have the affirmative action for the Asian students. Hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't know about that case right now. Um, it would strike down affirmative action is what it would do. Yeah, I don't I don't I'm not aware of that case. So maybe yeah. offline they send it to me is and I'll uh, it's implicating the whole administrative state. Is that what we're talking about? I believe so. Yes. I don't. I, I can't comment on that one. My right. my guess about the Remain in Mexico policy is that they're probably. My guess is they're going to give Biden a victory on that one. Yeah, uh, that's just my guess. I I hope. I always hope that Biden loses because when Biden loses, we win. Right. Um. Or America wins when Biden loses. But, um. I think the other case is actually the more important case. I, I think, depending upon how it turns out and who writes the opinion. Uh, it could be a savage attack on the administrative state. Um, what's really an issue in the case is whether Congress can delegate its authority to these agencies to just pass rules that totally transform the economy, or whether Congress, if they want to transform the economy, has to do it itself. Um, and Congress likes to just uh, offload these responsibilities to these unelected bureaucrats at EPA and other agencies, CDC, NIH, all these other places. Uh, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see a reinvigoration of the non-delegation doctrine. I'd like to see uh, the administrative state curtailed, um, uh, you know, from a on a judicial, from a judicial perspective. I think it's much better if Congress makes these rules and Congress has to stand for re-election based on how these guys vote on those rules. Um, and on a political level, I think that 
I mean, I'm just against the administrative state generally. I think that we should go back to the, the Civil Service Act of 1883 should be repealed. And I think that we should go back to the spoil system where these bureaucrats know that they're going to get fired the next time a new administration comes in. And, you know, we don't have career bureaucrats. I mean, people talk about the need for term limits for politicians. I think it's far, far more urgent that we have term limits for bureaucrats because that those are the ones who are doing all the damage and have no accountability whatsoever. And this is what I love about you. You, you know stuff that I have never <laughs> heard about before. And I, I never knew, um, you know, obviously I consider myself informed, but if I don't know it, most other people don't know it. Ninety percent of the people won't know okay. it. Okay. I just, and, I just like that, knowing that, that you love me, Mike. Of course, that I was good enough for that. today. Uh, and I'm comfortable enough in my manhood to say that. <laughs> but honestly, like that—that's a law. That's something that people should know about and understand that you know the administrative state is such a huge, huge problem that we're dealing with with all these entrenched bureaucrats. You know, if they're, yep. they're going to be fired and lose their job after the next election, boy, I think a lot of us would be for that. And not walk away with a big fat pension. Mm-hmm. That too. I, I think, I mean, I would, I think that's way, way more important than term limits for politicians. I mean, who cares if you change the politicians, but the bureaucrats remain the same and you've got the same people yeah. enforcing OSHA law and enforcing EPA law and all these mm-hmm. other alphabet agencies. And they're there for 25, 35 years. You know, I mean, the, the level of, of change you would need at the legislative level mm-hmm. to overrule these bureaucrats is it, it's staggering. So we could get rid of Fauci. Fauci so. may be getting rid of himself, I hear. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, here's one of my favorite words, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he apparently has gotten COVID symptoms, again, despite being jabbed about 25 times, so. Too bad, huh? All right. Last words. Gina. I can't see you guys on my screen anymore. I don't know what I just did. Um, last words. Gosh. Um, I am so happy about Roe v. Wade being overturned, and I'm just hoping for the state level um, to proceed forward and to end abortion and change the laws again, as I said, for adoption and fostering. Logistically, how does nature work? It, it meets every year there. I can't see. Say it again. It meets every year in North oh, Carolina. Yeah. Yes. Well, they're actually getting ready to end their session right now. They had a short session this year. Now, so they're... I'm sure they have this weird thing that in order to submit a bill, it has to be submitted months before it starts. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure almost everyone has sessions. Almost every legislature has certain sessions when you propose bills. No, but you have that weird thing where you have to propose the bill like before, like in October, November or something. Yeah, I mean, filing period is November, December. I, I would think that every state legislature has a certain period. Even though it makes no sense to me because you're elected after the filing periods have gone. But... No, no, for, for newly elected people, they do have a few weeks after being elected when they can suppose, propose bills. But it's weird because when the session starts, you can no longer submit a bill. Yeah, it is weird. If an issue comes up a few months later, yes, I agree that you should be able to do something. But that's when they do amendments and other stuff. Yeah. You guys know of any other states that do that? I would say it's all 50. I have no idea. Ed, do you follow what goes down on down there? I think it varies from every state to every state. You don't know North Carolina? Uh, 
No, I don't know. North I'm Carolina. asking specifically, when does the work have to be done to start writing the bills and pressuring the legislature? Um, I don't think that we have it so many months in advance, like you're talking about. And then, you know, you have the state like Texas, where it's every two years, we are kind of just, you know, up a creek without a paddle to push to push a new law. All right, Mike, final words of wisdom for the day. Uh, I'm just going to mention the J6 committee real quick. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, Go Secret Service. What was service. her name? Cassidy Hutchinson. Hutchinson, Cassidy Mark Meadows, Abe, yeah. I definitely yeah. believe the Trump lunge for the steering wheel. You believe that happened? Dude, the I'm Secret Service already said it didn't happen, and they've said that they will come testify. So let's see if Jason. Well, this is the problem. We have, you know, just to be real quick, it's an illegitimate committee acting in un-American ways, and there's no cross-examination. But you know what? You know what's crazy no <laughs> is these main the mainstream reporters like instantaneously put out that the secret service said no this did not happen and i that yeah. i was actually blown away by there was a couple guys like from nbc and all that that had put out a tweet right away secret service says they will testify this is not accurate blah blah yeah. blah so that i was having trouble i'm having trouble picturing a secret service agent putting his hand on the president no the president put his hand on the secret service as the girl said, it came towards the No, no, but they also said that Trump reached for the steering wheel and the Secret Service guy grabbed the president's arm. I'm having trouble with that. Mm. I'm having trouble thinking that he could, you know, finagle drive going over the seat to even nonsense. reach it. Well, they're still and out to get us, and that's what? the bottom line. What, what were those two yeah. scientist guys that used to uh, try and, like, debunk different things all the time? Mythbusters? Yes, we should totally do it with stupid crap like this when it happens. Like get a big <laughs> SUV or a limo. Steven, you will be Trump because I think you're the oldest okay. out of the group. Alu, your Secret Service dude. I think there was a compliment uh, in there somewhere. I'm just not sure. It, it is it'll, it'll be wiser. Uh, the years it, add wisdom. It was nothing to do with my hairstyle. So no, instead, your son is fit enough to be Secret Service. We could do yes. our own version so of like the, the magic loogie from Seinfeld. Yes. Yes. We should totally try. It'd just be funny. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's rent a big, a big uh, limousine. Well, generally, I think, you know, the Democrats are miscalculating on a lot of this stuff. I think the J6 stuff is one of them. I think there was a most, most people have moved on from that. I know they're out to get us and they're trying to crush us, but I think they're ultimately only going to hurt themselves. I and I think a video online, there was some kind of rally in New York yesterday, I believe, of, about the J6 prisoners. And mm -hmm. is screaming and saying how horrific this is and talking about the size yeah. of confinement, et cetera, et cetera. And again, why isn't there more? I have no idea. Right. But listen, I think they're miscalculating on that. And I think they're going to miscalculate on abortion and uh, guns too when it comes to this election. So, but j just one other point um, with, the, with respect to the Supreme Court, obviously we're happy that they're, they're actually handing down some opinions that are pro-liberty. Oh my pro God, shocking. Just, you know, the, pro religious the other, liberty. The other case about the freedom of speech with the coach who was kneeling at the 50 yard line, not forcing anybody to do anything. There were students, I guess, and athletes that were coming out onto the field with him. He wasn't- That is wonderful. To, God forbid, oh my God, freedom of exercise and freedom of speech. <sighs> Scares you know the living you know daylight so out of the left. Yeah, but, it's crazy. Go ahead. Sorry. Just, just last, last point. I mean, I, I think when it comes to the abortion debate, we 
all that stuff we were talking about before, you know what, democracy, whatever you want to call it, is complicated and it can be messy, but God damn it, I would rather have that. I'd rather have the chaos of democracy and people saying, having a say than the dictatorship of like I said, it's being the told what it is all the others and that we don't have any say. Mm-hmm. Alu. I was just reminded of it. I saw it a few hours ago, but it just popped up again on Twitter. I'm going to have to give a shout out to the evil Cook brother billionaires, whatever, Americans for Prosperity. AFP is Cook Brothers. Yeah, there you go, Mike. Coke. Um, so, so Chris Maidman and a bunch of others are involved with Americans for Prosperity in New Hampshire. What they did today about Let's Go Brandon, I have to make a new chant for Let's Go Brandon for Let's Go Greg and Ross and Chris. Um, AFP went to a gas station in Salem, New Hampshire, and they, they, I guess, paid a few thousands or right. millions of dollars, whatever, for like a two-hour window or whatever it was, um, right. yeah, like an hour and a half, to they subsidized from 469 the gas down to 238 back when it was under yep. Trump before Let's Go Brandon. So they they helped like uh, whatever, like 10,000 gallons or whatever it was today um, for people to get gas for like half price. And people yeah. are faking them like, does that actually help? Alu, that, that's, that's not new. Did you look at my Facebook recently? <laughs> No, I don't know. I wonder if they did this before. It's, it's yeah, we, we, we did it 10 years ago. Gas rollback events. And then uh, we had a pretty successful one here in New Jersey because we were right outside the Holland Tunnel and there were lines up the wazoo. And that's back when gas was maybe, I'm trying to remember, maybe close to $4 a gallon and everybody was ticked off at Obama over that. And we were rolling it back to like $1.80 a gallon or something like that. So- we had Fox News there. How Heather Nauert was there. So, yeah, that was a fun one. It's one a more very, reason I love AFP. Clever, great, great uh, event to have and to bring attention to everything. So, yeah, no, we did it before. And I'll share with you my picture of me with Heather Nauert, who, of course, went out, went out, went on to be Trump's press secretary. Well, you know what? You haven't written any articles about this, so. <laughs> Too yeah, you the cleanup hitter. Go for it. All right. I think I've got three things I want to get to. Number one, uh, Mike, I agree with you that uh, I think the the Democrats are way misreading the politics of this abortion decision. Uh, I think that other than the the crazies that support the Democrats, I think that all sober-minded people, even if they think abortion should be legal, are going to look at this opinion and say, it wasn't made illegal. It's still up to us. And the only places where they're going crazy about it are places that we're going to vote Democrat anyway. Um, I don't think they're going to get, I think in all of the swing states and all of the redder states that they're trying to turn blue, like say Georgia uh, that voted for Biden, but is still mostly a red state. uh, I think that if you just, when, when it comes to explaining the issue to people, they're going to hear well, Roe v. Wade was overturned, but you know we can we still have abortion here, and I don't think that any abortion rights supporter is going to say, "Oh, well, you know, now that it's now that it's up to the states, you know, it's an existential threat to to us or to the right to to abort to abortion." So I think that they're totally miscalculating the politics on that. Um, Gina, were you going to say something? I don't remember what it was. So it's all- <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, um, dogs are barking. That's because you Somebody's... made fun of my age. No, I told you how smart second, you were. Come on. No. Second thing, on this whole abortion issue, I, I just, there's so much hypocrisy on both sides of the aisle, more on the left than the right, but 
Um, I'm a firm believer in my body, my choice. Um, And I was a believer in that when it came to whether you have to put a vaccine into your arm. Uh, I'm a believer of that when it comes to whether I should be allowed to put ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine into my body. Um, I don't believe in uh, in unrestricted abortion up until the the birth, but um, I don't believe that abortion at conception should be be banned. Uh, Although I, I, I actually... I'm okay with a state deciding that. Um, and I don't have a problem with that. I, I respect federalism and I think federal people who believe it's murder and believe it should be banned at death at, at conception should be allowed to live that way. I think that's fine. Um, I think that, uh, even, even though I disagree with medical marijuana, uh, I think it should be up to the individual. It's my body, my choice and rights are not just for when it works for me. And principles are not just for when it works for me and when I agree with you. Principles have to apply to everybody in the same way. Um, and I believe my body, my choice is a, is a good principle of, of liberty and individualism. Can I make a and, statement on that when we're done before we go? Um, go ahead. I, I still have one other thing to- Yeah, to no, no, no. I just said before we go. Go ahead. Um, so there's that. And then the last thing that I wanted to talk about was- we're, we're, there's a lot of ranting and raving from the left about the illegitimacy of the court and the illegitimacy of, uh, of these decisions. And I think that we should respond to it the same way that I think that we should respond to the defund the police movement, which is go for it. The, the Supreme Court, yes, they've given us a couple of good decisions this week, but the courts have not been protecting our rights. The courts have been enemies of, of liberty. I mean, I don't think a couple of decisions change that. And if the left wants to throw a tantrum about that and abolish the court, for instance, I mean, not that I'm, I mean, not that you could really constitutionally do that, although I guess you could abolish everything but the Supreme Court. Go for it. I mean, what's the alternative? The alternative is exactly what we want. It gets left to the state legislatures. And the same way with the police, you know, all of us on this show, including me, want to support the police. But when the police are being used as an instrument of terror and an instrument of, of tyranny to go only go after people that are Trump supporters and only people that, uh, that are on the right, and they're not stand- and the police are not standing up to, to BLM and Antifa and, and to these leftists that are uh, abusing the police powers, uh, I'm okay with abolishing the police and letting us defend ourselves. And I think that Uh, We should, you know, Alu, you talk about secession, but, um, you know, a smaller step towards secession would be abolishing the police and abolishing the courts. And I'm not an anarchist. I don't like those kind of anarchist solutions, but uh, Mm -hmm. I will take uh, anarchy over anarcho tyranny. And right now what we have is, uh, you know, anarchy for the left and tyranny for the right. And that's not acceptable to me. So if these leftists want to say we've got illegitimate institutions and they need to be destroyed, okay, let's let let's call their bluff. That's my that's my rant for today. Gina, what were you gonna challenge yes. me on? So well, it wasn't necessarily a challenge. Um, but so I just want to because there's the my body, my choice thing. So that body is not the mom, for example. Like when a brain is crushed and then it's sucked out of the mother. 
that mom's still alive. Now, if she wants to go put a suction to her skull and crush it or stop her heartbeat, she has that right. And I could give two craps if she does or not. Um, but for people to keep using that verbiage, it's a different body. It's a different set of DNA. It's a different heartbeat. It's different blood streaming through. Like that, I, I just wish that we could stop that verbiage because that's not. But if you want, I, I agree. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying to you. I'm just saying in general as a whole. Like as right, the right, want, like, I, go ahead. I agree with you that we need to have clear verbiage, but to, to refer to a fertilized egg as, as a body that has a brain and has a separate bloodstream is also not correct. Well, to refer to a six week old that's still in the first trimester that has a heartbeat, a separate heartbeat. I agree. That, like I said you know to you during the show, uh, I don't know uh, where the line guys. is. I don't know where the line I'm, is. I'm just saying in general. I'm just saying in general. I'm not trying to get into a bit. I just wish yeah. the right, instead of just saying, yeah, I agree, my body, my choice with the vaccines. Because I've just seen that on Facebook, like crazy or social media, like little memes coming up. And I'm just like, we can't say that because that's not the case. You well, know, that, that's this the is the crux of the matter, as we yes. know. So Yes. Yes. It was a great discussion. That's wow. all. Great discussion today, you guys. Okay, folks, thank you so much for bringing your passion, which we really did today. We'll see you all next week, four o'clock, and have a wonderful evening.